0: My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future support. Resistance is futile. Yes, Jedi's strength flows from the Force.
1: But beware of the dark side.
2: Kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. Mean,
0: it's not technically accurate. But it's a gold. Oh, I'm sorry, David. I'm afraid I can't do that.
3: This is Reach uh, Call, and you're listening to Treks and Sci Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Treks and Sci Fi. This is episode. 894 for Sunday, February 19th, 2023. I'm back this week with a classic episode of The Outer Limits. Today's episode is The Belarus Shield. It stars Martin Landau and Sally Kellerman. Before I get into today's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me the opportunity to share with all of you some more classic science fiction. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'll be back after the control voice with some episode information.
0: There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. We will control the horizontal, we will control the vertical. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer
3: limits. The Bellarose Shield is the 20th episode of the first season. It aired on February tenth, nineteen sixty four. The episode was directed by John Brom. The story was written by Joseph Stefano and Lou Morheim. It was based on the short story by Arthur Leo Zaget. Here's the cast, starting at the top: Martin Landau is Richard Bellaro. Sally Kellerman as Judith Bellaroe, Cheetah Rivera as mrs dame john hoyt as the bifrost alien and neil hamilton as richard belleroux senior that's it from episode information so now we're going to get right into the story but you can't tell the story unless you hear the opening narration
0: there is a passion in the human heart which is called aspiration it flares with a noble flame And by its light, man has traveled from the caves of darkness to the darkness of outer space. But when this passion becomes lust, when its flame is fanned by greed and private hunger, then aspiration becomes ambition, by which sin the angels fell.
3: Today's episode opens at the home of Richard Bellaro. He's a laser scientist, and he has built a device that shoots a beam of light into the sky from the his laboratory on the top floor of his home.
4: It's been a long evening, Richard. Has it, Father? Tell your wife I enjoyed my dinner. She might like hearing it from you.
5: Your favorite year, Father.
4: Next time, Judith.
2: Good night now. Excuse me. I'll see you at the car, Father. Yes. He'd already made his decision before he came tonight. Not in your favor? No, somebody from the Canadian branch. I'll
5: be there in a moment, Father. Passes over his own son in favor of a stranger? He
2: isn't stepping down from the throne, Judith. He's merely retiring from the presidency of a company he owns and controls. Blood has nothing to do with his choice of a successor.
3: In the next clip, Richard and Judith discuss his device and her ambitions.
2: Well, he, he didn't wait. It's always made him uncomfortable having to turn me down.
5: The laser light didn't impress him, did it,
2: Richard? It isn't anything original, Judith. I'd merely supposed I'd found a new use for it. The Bellero Corporation is no longer interested in destructive appliances. His phrase.
5: Is it destructive, Richard? Didn't you know I was interested in your work?
2: Well, it's recent, isn't it? It
5: began with this remember something I heard in passing as a small child. Someone spoke of the trembling way, a bridge between earth and heaven. When I grew up, I found it in a mythology book. The Scandinavians call it the Bifrost. I thought of this as our Bifrost, the trembling way to what for me would be heaven, power, far-flung holdings, undiminishable authority. And all
2: along, I... I thought all you wanted from me was to make some small contribution to mankind. Not small,
5: Richard. Things I want for you are not small.
2: I'm sorry, Judith, but... unless my father changes his mind, which he won't, the only thing I'll be able to give you in large amounts is... money.
1: And love.
2: Will love keep you, Judith? Will that keep you?
5: Miss Richard will open it the next time your father comes to dinner.
1: Will there be a
2: next time?
5: No. Bring us two glasses. Crystal. Ask Mrs. Dame to polish them. We'll drink to our trembling way.
3: After Richard leaves the lab, A peaceful, bioluminescent alien from another world rides a laser beam down to his lab. Mrs.
2: Dane, does my wife ever confide in you about me?
5: Sometimes when she is dreaming, I'm there. So she dreams aloud.
2: Has she ever dreamed of leaving me?
5: For what? Leaving you for what?
2: or some other pretender to a more accessible throne?
5: Mrs. Bellero is loyal.
2: Yes, but to whom? Judith, what is it?
5: I killed it, but it wasn't human. It wasn't a human that I killed. It ca- came toward me and, and I fired.
2: Is it still up there in the lab? I didn't
5: look back. I crawled out of the room. I crawled, Richard.
2: a beam didn't
1: destroy you? Does fire quench fire? Who are you? Your weapon could not harm me. Had I known its charge was of the same stuff as that, I would not have thrown up this shield. I feel, I sense, however, that it would be wiser to remain shielded until I have acquainted myself with with all your weapons. Ask him who he is. A traveler. From where? My world hovers just above the ceiling of your universe. It is not a planet. It is an amplification of light, some of which radiates from your stars. How? how did you come here i am more urgently concerned with the question of how i shall survive here if i remove my shield please please you may do and your random radiations. I shall go. No, don't! I already see another of your weapons. Distrust.
5: Perhaps you can explain to him that we are not all scientists, Richard. In our world, naivete and mindless courage are reserved for very small children and very dedicated scientists. The rest of us will just have to struggle along with our distrust of monsters. Judith? I'm not afraid now. And I apologize. You
1: need not.
5: My husband does not want you to go. My housekeeper will accept you the moment I do. Do you? In my limited fashion, yes.
3: In the next clip, we get to see how ambitious Judith really is.
5: Called it Our by Frost. Our bridge from Earth to Heaven. And I was right. I was right. Finally. Totally. Do you know what that monstrous thing is, Mrs. Dame? Something dead? That won't die. No, it isn't a spectre, Mrs. Dave.
1: It's real.
3: In the next clip, we get to see the battle between Judith and Richard Bellaro Sr.
5: Mrs. Bellero does not wish to see you. She sent me to send you away. I came to see my son.
4: Kindly tell him I'm here. I'll wait.
5: I was sent to send you away. My son will see me. Why don't you go away, Mr. Bellero? It would be rare wiseness on your part. How dare you speak to me that way? No friend and no equal could speak to you more advisedly. Call my son! Go to bed, Mrs. Dave.
4: I couldn't keep you from marrying my son. I've done my best to keep him from regretting it. It's been a silent war, Judith. Now I must fire a very loud shot.
5: The noise will break his heart, father.
4: He can have the Bellaro Corporation, all of it, forever, if he leaves you.
5: He doesn't want it.
4: He spent but his he entire does. life trying to prove to me he's worthy of it.
5: He wants your love. I want your empire.
4: I, I spend every hour, every dollar and every dream developing men and means who are devoted to the prevention of war. That is how much I hate war. And yet, I am not as sickened or enraged even by war as I am by a single soul like yours. Your ambition is singularly the most active form of violence I've ever encountered. No more active than
5: your own, just younger and more vibrant. I
4: have no ambition. My yearnings are aspirations. Oh,
5: oh, you want glory. I
4: aspire to
5: it. You lust. And lust is what becomes of an aspiration when it's allowed to grow up and become an ambition. You are going to give the Bellaro Corporation to your son. No! In return for the glory he is about to give the Bellaro name. Yes, father. Wait and see.
3: In the next clip, Judith gets upset with Richard for not taking advantage of his guest.
1: You you call wife? Oh, Judith? I have not much time, and there is so much more I would like to be taught. I'll just be a moment.
5: Close the door, please. My hearing is more sensitive than yours. I see. What? How you look when you're genuinely happy. Evidently, this is the first time I've ever seen you genuinely happy. Judith, he
2: cares about everything. Nothing I can say or explain to him disinterests him. He'd like it if I could stuff all the facts of the world into his brain.
5: That's what you've been doing up here all this time?
2: He hasn't much time, less than an hour. He has to travel before the parallax between Earth and...
5: Richard, you're a fool. You're a generous fool. You stuff his brain. Oh, your voice, Judith. And he goes home and astounds everyone. And you're left with nothing but a fantastic tale to tell a smirking world. Who believe you?
2: Should I put a chain around his neck and parade him down Street? Richard,
5: mainstream? your laser light made it possible for a form of life to travel from beyond our universe. You brought it down. It's yours. You own it. No,
2: no. No form of life should ever be owned by another.
5: Farring not ownership, then, but proof to convince the smirkers to stagger the world.
2: Judith, I didn't set out to accomplish this. This was It was an accident. Richard,
5: such accidents have made men kings. Richard.
2: Richard. Don't lose this mad opportunity. My father would be believed. My father. If he tells him they'll believe him. Judith, call my father. Tell him to come here quickly. He can make it in time. He lives close enough. Quickly, call him.
5: You call him. He doesn't hate you. Hurry, less than an hour. What is it?
2: I'd better use a phone downstairs. He might resent being exploited.
5: He probably doesn't know the meaning of the
2: word. I do. I learned it on my father's knee.
3: In the next clip, Judith gets the alien to reveal the secrets of his device.
5: Richard will be back in a minute. Is there something I can do for you?
1: is a minute. It
5: passes unnoticed when you're content. The needy, it can be a string of endless
1: lifetimes. Why do you want me to remain here? Can you read my mind? Even through your shield? No, I cannot read your mind. I cannot even understand your language. I analyze your eyes in all the universes, in all the unities beyond the universes. All who have eyes, have eyes that speak, and all speak the same language. How can you speak my language? I learn each word just before I speak it. Your eyes teach me.
5: My husband tells me that you must go in less than an hour. Must you? Don't. Please stay. I want you to stay. I want you to stay for my husband's sake. I see. Then you must also see that I wouldn't harm you for the world. You can come out of your
1: shield. Yes, we have our shields too, but
5: ours protect only our hearts and our souls. Our flesh is vulnerable to whatever fate and our other enemies hurl at us.
1: No. No? You lack the prime ingredient to manufacture a thing like this.
5: It's unfortunate.
1: A man who could give his
5: country a weapon like that?
1: It is not a weapon. I suppose in a military frame of reference, it would be considered an anti-weapon. An anti-weapon?
5: It's the same thing. If every man, woman, and child had one, an entire country could be protected against attack
1: and counterattack. Every man, woman, and child would not his own. A single one of these could shield and protect your entire planet. A single one? The shield's radius can be increased or decreased simply by deepening or lightening the pressure. But the thing would do your planet no good unless I or one of my kind were to... He won't come back. My father will never come here again.
5: Make him! Go and bait him.
2: You sent him away, Judith.
5: Well, I'll go. I'll crawl anything to get him here before it's too late.
2: No, I, I, I can't let you crawl, Judith. I'll go. Wait for me, please.
3: Judith convinces the alien to lower his shield. When he does, she pulls out a gun she got from Mrs. Dame and shoots him. Judith and Mrs. Dane hide the alien body in the wine cellar, and then Judith takes the alien device. In my next clip, Judith tells Richard that the alien couldn't wait around, and he went back to his world.
1: It refused
5: to wait. He said it was not a question of time, that the parallax made no difference. He simply did not want you to profit by him as he had profited by you. I see. Oh, Richard, I begged him to stay. I told him he'd not begun to learn all you could have taught him.
2: I'm so glad I didn't tell father what I had up here. He'd think I'd added imbecility to my long list of accomplishments. Judith. Well, tell father it was a ruse to get him here so you could apologize to him. Judith, will you apologize?
5: Wait, Richard.
2: I'll talk to him. You'll apologize?
5: He will. Wait here. Your father and I will come up together. Father? He cannot bring it down. You'll have to go up to the lab. Father! Your son has invented a way for mankind to protect itself from mankind. He can give it to the world as a gift from an anonymous donor. Or he can give it as the new ruler of the Belero Empire. Which sounds more glorious to you?
3: In the next clip, Judith demonstrates the Belarose Shield to her husband and father-in-law.
2: My invention.
4: She called it yours.
5: Richard, may I have the honor of explaining your shield? The Belarose Shield to your father? The Belarose Shield? He wanted to call it the Bifrost in honor of a childhood tale. I persuaded him to use his own name. His and yours. Fire at me. Point blank. Judith! Please. Great men require great demonstrations, don't they? Point blank.
4: Richard, are you going to let me be tricked?
5: No trick, Father. Perhaps a bullet won't convince you. Richard, give him the laser gun. I
2: can't let
5: you... Mrs. Dame, We must show these men what great men they are.
3: Can she hear me?
1: Yes.
5: Now the laser gun.
3: In the next clip, Bellarose Sr. humbles himself to his son.
5: The man who invented this could rule the world. Or save it if you prefer. Isn't that the kind of man you want to succeed you for? I gathered up all
4: my self-doubts and I rid myself of them by projecting them onto you. I have used you, Richard... Stop it, Father. Uh, ...to protect myself, and I almost destroyed you. Forgive me, please. Don't... Don't shut me out of your success as I tried to shut you out of mine.
5: Please forgive Stop it! <laughs> he does not forgive easily, Father. He has your small flaws as well as your great virtues.
4: He will forgive me, won't he?
5: I'll help him, too.
4: But quickly, Judith, please, quickly. I haven't too much time. I did not decide to retire. I am going to be retired. By a more final and just decision than I could ever make.
3: Judith kills the alien before finding out how to turn off the shield and becomes trapped inside the shield. It
5: is useless, Mr. Bellaro. The monster will not come back, not that way. He came once and come again. She'll die.
2: No!
0: Can she live without air to breathe? Is there a perpetual supply of oxygen in the tubers? He'll come back!
4: Richard, let me go. For help? I can do something, I'm sure, but not if I must remain
2: here. It's hopeless. Oh. Don't you tell me it's hopeless. That's all you ever had to give me, words of hopelessness. Don't you ever run out of them? Do you have a perpetual supply of hopeless words in that, in that tomb of yours? If... if there was
4: such a creature, it, it may be roaming the streets. It may be killing them. Someone should... Sit down, follow you, and, and be quiet!
2: My wife is a thief. The first to thief from a friend from another world. Well, must do something for all of us, as, as well as for your wife. What can we do for my wife, Father? What can we do? Get help, Richard. T-t-t- perhaps
4: she can be reached from the, the room below. If, if the ceiling were to be cut the away... The shield
2: goes all the way down to the foundations of the house, Father. Down and down, probably all the way to... Stay, Father. Stay! I'll I, I call then for help, huh? You, you
4: can listen. I, I won't say anything incriminating. Can I. Can, can
2: I even call for help? Just call? Call, call, call whom? The police? The leading scientists of the world? The faith healers? The magicians? Psychiatrists? Munitions experts? Philosophers? The politicians? The image makers? Funeral directors? The million government agencies? Whom do you call, Father? When you're trapped alive in your own tomb. Judith, pick it up. Try again, please. Movements and
5: words accomplish nothing. And only deplete the oxygen and the soul.
2: Once more, please.
5: Mrs. Dave, tell him
2: it's useless. No, it isn't. He has to be still in our atmosphere. He couldn't have left without the shield. He'd be incinerated. He knew that, Judith.
5: Mrs. Dane, tell him to call the police. Richard. No. Why not, Mrs. Dane? Mrs. Dane can't execute me without getting me out of here. Maybe that's the solution. Tell them I'm a murderer. And they'll rip me out of this thing for their bare hands to keep me from escaping their chamber. (laughs) He told me so much about it. All about it, I thought... a single one could protect our entire planet. Its radius is increased by merely deepening the pressure. An anti-weapon, he called it. I thought he told me everything. Now, of course, I realize it. He never told me how to remove it. Nothing we know of in this world will remove it. Nothing will remove it.
1: I killed him prematurely.
3: In the next clip, Mrs. Dame and Bellarose Sr. talk about the dead alien body in the wine cellar. Is that it?
1: Is it
5: dead? I am going to bury it. You must not stop me. You have your proof. The police must not have theirs. Police? Oh no, of course
4: not. No, it's it's none of their business. It belongs to the world of the prize givers. Of the praises of greatness, and my son invented the agency that brought it here. He'll be splashed across a thousand chapters of the world's most honored history.
5: It has a bullet in the base of its skull.
4: My son didn't put it there. Great men are forgiven their murderous wives.
3: Mrs. Dame and Bellaro Sr. struggle at the top of the stairs, and she pushes him down the stairs, and he falls down the stairs and lays next to the alien. When she goes down to check on him, the alien is still alive. And Mrs. Dame asks the alien if he could help Mrs. Bellerow. In the next clip, Judith is in, is in shock and she still believes that she is trapped inside the shield.
5: You said it was gone.
2: It is gone, Judith.
5: No. No, it's still here will remove it. It will always be here. Nothing will ever remove it. It's here. I know it's here. I can see it. I'll always see it. It will always be here. remove it nothing nothing will ever remove it nothing will ever remove it
3: nothing and to end the episode you have to listen to the closing narration
0: when this passion called aspiration becomes lust then aspiration degenerates becomes vulgar ambition by which sin the
3: angels fell. And that's the end of today's episode. I tried to find some trivia for this episode, and there really wasn't a lot of interesting trivia, so I'm going to bypass that and go straight to the Star Trek connection. Everybody knows I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I try to find a Star Trek connection on every TV show or movie I watch. Today's episode of The Outer Limits has four Star Trek Connections. Of course, the first one is Vic Perrin. He's the control voice. He's also the voice of the Metrons and Nomad, and he's the leader of the Halkin Council in the episode Mirror Mirror. The next one is John Hoyt. He played the Bifrost alien in today's movie. He was also Dr. Philip Boyce in the Star Trek pilot, The Cage. The next Star Trek Connection is is Sally Kellerman. She was Judith Bellerow in today's movie. She was also Dr. Elizabeth Daner in the second Star Trek pilot, Where No Man Has Gone Before. And the last Star Trek connection is Martin Landau. He's the Star Trek connection because when Gene Roddenberry was scouting out for actors to play Mr. Spock, he was the first one that they asked. He turned it down because he didn't want to play a character that didn't have emotions. And that's the Star Trek connection for today. Here are my comments about today's episode. I watched the 2006 DVD set from Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, home video. Uh, The sound, picture and sound quality are pretty good. Not bad at all, actually. Uh, The story, I really like the story, uh, especially the little Macbeth twist that they have in it. Uh, I think the cast, everybody in the cast did a great job. Uh, Martin Landau was great as the humble, kind of weak, mad scientist. And then Sally Kellerman stole the show. She was great as Judith um, Kellerman. And the best scene in the movie, I mean, not the movie, the best scene in the episode is her and her father in law on the front porch. That's the best scene. She shines and so does Neil Hamilton. Um, Cheetah Rivera, she was good as Mrs. Dames. I was kind of wondering about the relationship between Mrs. Dane and Mrs. Uh Belero because they had a weird relationship. Um John Hoyt was great as the alien. I, I really enjoyed his part. Um still, it was it's a great episode. It's probably one of my in my top ten for sure. I would watch that all the time. It's a great episode. On a scale from 1 to 10, it gets a solid 9. I would recommend this episode to all science fiction fans. And those are my comments about the Belarus shield. That's it for today's podcast. Before I wrap up things today, I want to thank Rico again for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you some more classic science fiction. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back next week on the podcast. I'll be back soon with some more classic science fiction. Until then, everyone take care of yourselves. This is M5, signing off.
1: At gmail.com. Until next time, live long and prosper. Trips in cyber. Let me when you in transmission.